Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I felt early in September, maybe late August, that God wanted us to be in Daniel. So I endeavored to do that last sermon I, I did was how big is your butt and uh, we'll do a little pop quiz uh, on the on the previous sermon uh, no I'm just kidding uh, maybe just a little bit of review I just want to I was reminded again I was reading Derek Prince uh, one of his books and he said God's not looking for volunteers he's looking for people that are committed committed to him and furthermore that that God doesn't somehow think that just because you're part of the people that have volunteered that, that, that he's so happy to have you that, that God's lucky that you're volunteering to help him, you know? No, he's God. He created us. He saved us. He delivered us. And he calls us into his kingdom to make a commitment. And last time we talked about Daniel's butt. And Daniel had a butt. He came into the court of a heathen king after a traumatic experience in his life. He was ripped from his home, burned in ashes, and he was brought the king's delicacies in the secular world. But he said, but Daniel made a decision in his heart. Pastor Sue reminded me that the Amplified translation said he, he made a decision in his heart. I think I'm, I'm saying that correctly. That he was not going to defile himself with the king's delicacies. He's going to serve God. And when we make a decision, God's provision comes. When we really commit to God to serve him with all of our heart, then God provides and God shows us the way. He's really not obligated to do so until we fully commit our lives to him. Praise the Lord. I want to talk this week in, about Daniel chapter 2. And if I had to title this, it would be God's answer. Uh, God has an answer uh, to what the enemy is doing on the earth. God has an answer for us to have in our mouths when things come upon us in our lives. When, we meet, when we're met with trials, God has an answer. So open up your Bibles with me. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. He was in the court of King Nebuchadnezzar, and the king was vexed and troubled. And I'll pick up in verse 1. Now, in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. And then the king gave his command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. Um, I just want to make note here that the king had a problem, a big problem, that he could not find anyone to deal with. He couldn't handle it. The, the astrologers couldn't handle it. The magicians couldn't handle it. He was looking for an answer. He needed to understand what was vexing him. And, and he was dealing with, with mental torment. And, and the world that we're living in today, I mean, I'm sure you've read on the news 
that, that we're dealing with a culture that is struggling with mental and emotional pressures and stressors and troubles. Uh, suicide is, is, is running rampant. Depression, anxiety, fears. People are vexed. People are tormented. And they're looking for relief. And this was the state of the king. So much so to the point that sleep had lost him. Uh, sleep had left him. Um, panic. So he said, who can help me? And he told the astrologers and the magicians and the people in his court, he said, listen, guys, I don't need you to just tell me the interpretation of my dream, but you have to tell me the dream too. So you have to tell me exactly what the dream was and then the interpretation. And in this case, you see, the king, he didn't just want an interpretation. He wanted a supernatural element to his situation because this dream confronted him with the reality that his, that his life was not it. And that after his life, there was an afterlife. And that there was a supernatural realm at work that affected the natural realm. And that there were things that were going to happen in his life with which he had no control over. And when he came to reality, with this, when he came to this reality, he said, I need to talk to somebody that knows what's going on behind the scenes. And that's when he said, listen, you got to tell me, you got to have a word of knowledge. And how many know the astrologers and the magicians? They said, we've never heard this before. There's no king that has ever asked this before. They said, this is an unreasonable request. And they couldn't tell him. And that's what's going on today. You see, people don't have the answer to the problems that plague people. God has the answer to the problems that are plaguing humanity today. Why? Because he created the heavens and the earth, and he created us, and he knows. And it's only when we submit to God and his ways that we find true solutions and true answers to the things that are plaguing our lives. Amen. So Daniel comes on the scene, and well, actually, when the astrologers, and to keep with the story here, when the astrologers and the magicians, they could not, they didn't have an answer. He said, I'm going to kill you all. And he sent Arioch, the chief captain, out to kill them all. And when they came to Daniel, Daniel had an answer. And that's what we could pick up here together in verse 14. Then, with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. And he answered, and he said to Arioch, the king's captain, why the decree from the king so urgent? And then he made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him some time, that he might tell the king the, interpreta the interpretation and then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah and his companions. And I'll, and I'll stop there. I couldn't help but thinking about Acts chapter 4 when the apostles were being persecuted in Jerusalem and being threatened when there was a great problem in persecution, how they came back to their own companions. And they came back and they decided to pray together. And when they did, the whole place shook because the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke the word of God with boldness. They sought God together. When there's trouble in our lives, we need each other. We need to come together in the name of Jesus and call upon one another to pray for one another, to pray together. 
that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Notice that they, they were seeking the mercy of God. God doesn't owe us an explanation. He didn't know them an answer or an explanation, but they said, we're going to come together and we're going to seek God's mercy because we believe that he's a God of mercy, that he's a God of justice, that he's a God of help, that he's a God who saves and delivers those that call upon him. So we're going to come together and we're going to seek him and we're going to believe that if we seek God, that he's going to give us an answer to our problems. God has the answers. He has the answer and the key to the situation that we're dealing with. And in verse 19, there's the miracle. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the Lord God of heaven. Amen. I'd like to just say that with great trials come great victories. With great suffering comes great relief. When there's great opposition, God brings great freedom. Daniel was in a position where he needed God. And, you know, I, I was actually thinking, you know, what would Daniel's prayer life have looked like if he were at the Judah University, just chilling out and relaxing, getting an education? Not that there's anything wrong with that. But you know that Paul's epistles came out of his stay in prison. And it's sometimes when we have the, our greatest need and when we're going through our greatest trial that God shows up on the scene in the greatest way. It's when we're suffering. It's when things that are, aren't going well that it drives us to our knees to pray and to seek God and God comes through in Jesus' name. Now, I'm not looking for problems. <laughs> problems are fun. But I know that we serve a God who delivers us out of all of our trials and our problems. And we know that we can expect trials and problems while we're here on the earth. God uses it to draw us closer to Him and to bring glory to His name when the answer comes. I'd also like to say that whatever trouble you find yourself in, you're there to change the atmosphere. You're there to make a difference for good. You say, God, I, I don't know what's going on around. I can't handle what's going on around me. God, you need to change the environment. God says, no, you're going to change the environment because I put you there. You are salt and you're light and you will bring my answer to the problems that are around you. Why? Because we can call on God. He's placed us there to call upon him. You see, Daniel was God's instrument to call upon God. No one else there had the access point. But God says, I have the answer here, and I need somebody in that negative situation that has authority and that has the ability and the faith to call upon me so I can shoot it down. And Daniel was that man. But Daniel said, I need time. He went to the king and he said, listen, we need time to seek the Lord. Give me time. And I was thinking that, that, that it's so important. I believe Daniel was a man that knew how to steward his time well. And that God wants us to learn to steward our time well. Psalm 90 says, Teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
it's in the context of God is judge. It's in the context, and you can read it later, of a thousand days as being one with the Lord, of his judgments coming upon the earth. But Lord, teach us to number our days. I wonder, Lord, I pray that this week that I would remember to pray that prayer. Lord, help me to manage my time. Help me to get rid of time wasters. Help me to get rid of things that suck my attention away from you, Lord. Ephesians 5, be careful. Walk circumspectly. Not as the unwise, but as wise. Making, and this is the NIV, making the most of every opportunity. The King James says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. But be careful. God says you got to be careful with your time, how you're spending your time. Why? Because the days are evil. And God has a plan for us in the midst of the chaos and the evil. So Daniel goes into the situation and begins to seek the Lord. But notice when they came upon him, I'd imagine this was a very stressful moment for him. I'd imagine he had a very stressful job, that he was in a constant state of stress in a heathen king's court. This was a a king that executed judgment on whom he wished, off with their head. He lived in a constant state of stress, but the Bible says that he had an answer for Arioch with counsel and with wisdom. And this is a clear picture of the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. And when we dwell in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we dwell with counsel and with, did I say might? Counsel and wisdom. Might is another characteristic of the Holy Spirit. But he had counsel and he had wisdom. One translation says prudence. But the Bible says in Isaiah 11 that there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall go forth out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and his delight is in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, nor answer by sight or sound. See, there's another sense. It's not the, it's not the, ear, the hearing. It's not the sight. But when we dwell in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, God gives us a sixth sense so that we can respond not by what we see and so that we could respond not by what we hear, but we can respond by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, this is a conditional promise. How I many of the Bible has a lot of conditional statements in it? If you walk by the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? Now, we all, how many of you want to fulfill the lust of the flesh? I know. (laughs) But if you don't want to fulfill the lust of the flesh, what do you got to do? You've got to walk by the Spirit. Jesus, how many many want to see mountains move? How many want to see our prayers answered? Jesus said, you can have your prayers answered. You can see mountains move in your life if you have faith and don't doubt in your heart. So if we want to see mountains, Jesus said, if you want to see mountains move, if you want to see the impossible in your life, you have to have faith and not doubt in your heart. That is the conditional upon which that promise is built. Amen? 
If we want God's wisdom in our lives, if we want the Spirit of God to express Himself through our being in times of stress, in times of trouble, in times of need, we have to dwell and walk with the Holy Spirit. If we want the wisdom of God, we've got to surrender our wisdom to the wisdom of God. If we want the knowledge and the counsel of God, we have to submit our counsel and our knowledge to God's. Amen? Notice when Ariok came and said, we're going to kill y'all, Daniel didn't say, excuse me, just a moment. Can you please give me the key to the, to the Chaldean library because I'm going to go and I'm going to do some research and I want you to give me some time to think about this and I'm going to figure out the answer to this problem. No, no, he didn't say that. He said, listen, I need you to give me time to seek the Lord. I need time to seek God. And Daniel said, if you'll allow me time to seek God, I believe that there will be an answer for you. Amen. One of the greatest things we could do with our time is seek the Lord. Amen. So, the Holy Spirit was upon Daniel. And if you read the chapter, you see that several times they actually recognized that he had a different spirit. The Bible says that. He had a different spirit. Counsel and wisdom. Prudence, one translation says. What is prudence? Self-control. Daniel was a man that knew how to control himself. He was able to self-manage. When they said, we're going to kill you all, he didn't freak out and yell at them and say, what are you talking about? We've only been here for a year. He didn't freak out. He responded with self-control. He said, well, what could the Holy Spirit have to do with me managing the appetites and the desires and the fears and the ah, flesh? It has everything to do with it. Because God doesn't leave us by ourselves and say, listen, you have an old, evil, carnal nature that's causing you problems. Deal with them yourself. Try hard. Go for it. No. You see, God replaces. He says, listen, I'm going to give you the tool. I'm going to give you the key to crucify your flesh. The Bible says that we crucify our flesh by the Spirit, Romans 8, 13. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound judgment. God's answer to our carnal flesh is the Spirit of the living God. If you walk by the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This was the Spirit that was resting upon this man when this trouble came. The Holy Spirit is God's design plan for self-management. I woke up Thursday morning and, and I, I said, I, I had this thought, I, I felt this old Lord said, your greatest need is the Holy Spirit. You need Him. You need him. We need him. Daniel needed him right now. We need him right now. Romans chapter 8. If the spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. It's the spirit of God that gives the God kind of life, the quickening kind of life to our mortal bodies. In other words, the Holy Spirit can have great effect on our human being. I was reminded uh, about David Wilkerson's ministry 
in, in the New York City with the gangs and the drugs. And they were getting people free. They were, people were getting free of drugs. People were getting free of addictions. People were getting free of alcoholism, uh, bondages. And they, they said, well, how are you doing this? There, there's an epidemic of drugs in this city. What's the, what's the key? They said, we're, we're, they're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that quenches and wrestles with that old flesh that wants and wants and wants. No, he brings the peace. He brings the presence. He brings the power. He brings the transformation to live a life of peace, of self-control, of joy, of contentment. But this was a stressful time for Daniel. They were going to kill him. They were going to kill him. And I think today, many of us might be living in stress. We might have pressures put upon us. But God has ordained a place for the stressors in our life. God has very specific instructions on what we are to do with the things that are coming at us. Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything. About anything. But in every situation, say, well, you're not, you're, you're not doing that. Listen, I'm not perfected in this. I'm preaching to me right now. This is a great scripture. Be anxious about nothing, the King James says. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, Daniel had a guard on him. There was something upon him that was guarding him in that situation. He said, I understand. This is serious. But I'm going to bring it to God. Notice it says every situation. I... uh, just to, just to be really honest, I had to pray, and, and uh, I was I've just been seeking God and, and studying, and I had the opportunity to practice this. And I I, I think it was, I this morning or last night I woke up and I was just sitting there in my in the chair, and I said, Lord, how about a kabashana? I can just give you this, Lord. No, and then and then Lord, there's this. How about a I just give you this, Lord. And oh God, what, and then there's that thing, Lord. Lord, I just give you that right now, Lord. Oh gosh, you know my kashana rabasa. And Lord, I'm just going to give you this too. And oh yeah, and that little thing that that's been bothering me that you know you didn't think maybe God cared about. Lord, I'm going to give you that too. I'm going to pray about that too because that's been bothering me as well. And I just begin to offload things into God's hands. And I felt a lot better. Hallelujah. (laughs) I really did. My son woke up and I met him there and I gave him a big old hug. (laughs) I said, can I get you a cup of coffee? (laughs) I didn't get it. What do you want? (laughs) I'll just sleep. You all right? No. Listen, because... The stressors that we're trying to handle ourselves are sucking the joy out. And we don't have anything to give. Because we're, we're, we're trying to handle these things ourselves. God says every situation. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives. 
Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The New Living Translation says, Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give, the world can't give. So listen, God says, I have something for you. This is, again, replacement theology. God doesn't just say, stop worrying, will you? I've had enough of your worrying. How many times are we going to talk about this? I told you to quit. He says, I, I want you, I'm giving you peace. But here's the key. There's only one place we can find it. There's only one person that has the authority to give this kind of peace. He said it's not like the world. The world doesn't have this kind of peace. The world didn't have the answer to Nebuchadnezzar's dream. They didn't have it. God has it. And, God, and the good news is God says, I want you to have it. So it's only receiving that peace and that promise that we can truly obey God. God says, you need me to obey me. So, Lord, I feel like I can't handle things. I'm just, I'm keeping my head above, the, just barely above the water. God says, there's a handle that I want you to get a hold of. You hold on to the handle, I'll, care, I'll handle the rest of it. You just get a hold of that handle. Give it to me. Come to me. Get a hold of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Amen. Every, say every situation. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us. So after Daniel sought the Lord, he saw. Revelation came. You know, God is a God of revelation. He reveals things to us. He makes it clear to us. His light comes and shines. And we say, oh, wow. the things that we need, the things that we're seeking. God has them in his hand. And God is above what's going on in the earth. Daniel saw this. You see, this was, God answered his prayer. He gave him the secret. And Daniel gave that secret to the king. And there was a great deliverance. But in the midst of that, he saw a greater dimension of who God is in his life. And every time we go through a situation, every time we go through a trial, and we deal with the pain of that, and it's like, oh, gosh, I don't like this. But God, I'm going to pray anyway. I'm going to seek you. And when God comes with deliverance, we get deliverance. But we begin to understand a greater depth of who God is and his sovereignty and his supernatural control over what's going on in our lives. Then the next time something comes, we're not as shook. And Daniel saw, Lord, I'm reading out of verse 20, wisdom and might. Glory to God, Lord, they're yours. Lord, you changed the times and the seasons. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm hooked up with God who changes the times and the seasons. Lord, I'm in a season right now that I don't like. God says, I change the times and I change the seasons. He removes kings and raises. Lord, I don't like the president, Lord. God says, I, I put him in there and I remove him. Don't let him stress you out too much. He, Lord, you give wisdom to the one. 
Lord, you give understanding. Lord, you reveal deep and secret things. Lord, you know, I'm in verse 22 if you're following with me, you know what's in the darkness. So he began to see how big God was. Now, I'm a language guy. Natural, Pastor Ned, chairs, church, things that I can see and feel. This is the natural realm. God is supernatural. It's a Latin prefix. It means above. Then above, superior. God is superior to what's going on in our lives. God is superior to what's going on in American politics. God is superior to the, what the devil is doing on the earth. He's above it. And when we come to him and we seek him, that supernatural realm comes down and touches the natural realm and deliverance comes and freedom comes and God gets involved. And then we begin to see how great he is. I couldn't help but noticing, again, I'm a language guy, that these are all active verbs. He changes, he removes, he gives, he reveals. We serve a God that wants to be involved. God wants to be involved in our lives, but he only does so when we seek him and when we call upon him and we bring him the problems that we're facing. So Daniel had his answer and I guess I'll close with this. He, 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 um, I could just see him walking into the court there, you know. He's just got it. It's in his pocket. <laughs> I've got the answer from God. I've got God's answer. And I don't want to forget to mention that. God has an answer to what's going on. He wants to give us an answer for what we are struggling with. Jesus promised. He said, listen, when they bring you, Luke 12, before synagogues, magistrates, authorities, listen, you're going to face trouble. You're not going to know. You're not going to have an answer in yourself. But he promised us. He said, for the Holy, don't worry about your answer. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you that hour what you should say. In 1 Peter he said, be prepared to give, 1 Peter 3, to give an answer to people that ask you. But before you do that, sanctify the Lord in your heart. Revere him. In other words, we're walking into trouble. I hate to compare, compare God to like a, a, a bullet or in the chamber, but that's just what comes. We've got something in us, in the chamber. He's in our spirits. We can depend upon him, and he will provide the answer for the thing that we need. He did it with the, with, the, with the disciples. They said in Acts 4, when they were in trouble in Jerusalem, persecution came. You, they, they answered, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you or God, you judge. Isn't that a good answer? <laughs> Guys, what do you think? You're a religious group, aren't you? Now, what, let me ask you a question. Do you think we should listen to people or do you think we should listen to God? That was awesome. They didn't know what to do with that. How many of that Jesus modeled the same thing? What do you think about paying taxes to Caesar, Jesus, huh? He had an answer for him, didn't he? Let me see that coin. I'll show you. Whose inscription's on there? See, well, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God. He had an answer. Why? Because the, whole, the spirit of counsel and the spirit of wisdom was resting upon him. Our greatest need is the Holy Ghost. God has an answer. And in closing, Daniel's walking, in, sorry, Daniel's walking into the court. He's got his answer. And he comes before the king. 
And I love this. I, I could maybe just see just a little hint of a smirk that the king couldn't see in Daniel's countenance. King, verse 27, I I just want to remind you that the secret that you demanded, these wise men and astrologers and magicians, they don't have the answer. They can't declare these things to the king. I'm reading, this is verse 27. He told him, he said, king, I just want to remind you that the answer to your problem isn't in the earthly realm. And then he had a big old butt here. This is butt number two. But there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to the king what will be in the latter days. You see, the world, this just fits the, the, the world. The world has always been a mess. But, but now more than ever, I guess, we are facing problems. People don't know what to do. God knows what to do if we'll humble ourselves, if we'll seek Him, if we'll admit that He is the answer and that He has the answer, He'll reveal it because there's a God in heaven. And Daniel was representing Him. And then finally, in verse 30, notice Daniel said, but for our sake, God has made known the secret. That's, a, that's quite a thing to say to a king. But the king had to respect Daniel's God at that point because he read his mail to him and he knew that God knew. He says, listen, it's for our sake. And and I just want to close because this is about Jesus. It's not about Daniel. Jesus. God revealed his son Jesus to the world for our sakes. Jesus, like Daniel, interceded. You see, the wrath of the king was coming upon the wise men. The wrath of the king was coming in judgment. But Daniel interceded, and Jesus interceded. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 that he delivers us from the wrath to come. Jesus, he came. God revealed his son for our sakes so that we could be saved. He saves us from the wrath which is to come. So, I guess the challenge is, Daniel represented the wise men of his time. He interceded for them. He sought God on on his behalf and on their behalf. Who does God have that that he wants us to seek him for, for salvation for? You say, God, they don't want to hear it. I've I've tried. But you see, God has the secret. He'll reveal the secret to their heart when we seek him. Because wrath is coming, and time is short. Father, we just praise you and thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have an answer for what the enemy's doing in the earth, for the evil that comes our way. Thank you, Lord, that you've shown us what to do when we're under pressure, when we're under stress. And we don't know how to handle things. Thank you, Lord, that you've shown us how to seek you and give to you the things that are coming against us. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. That it's for our sake that he came, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be intercessors on behalf of people that are perishing. Help us, Lord, to to seek you, Lord. 
to seek the mercies of God so that we uh, can be outlets for your secrets, for the revelations of God that would come. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal by the Spirit of God. And God, we just want to thank you that you've given us the gift of your Holy Spirit, our greatest need. Holy Spirit, we need you, God. We need you, Lord, every day. We need you to, not in a church. We need you tomorrow morning, Lord. Benny Hinn wrote that book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I think I'm going to read that again. We need you, Lord. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you every day, Lord. We humble ourselves, Holy Spirit. Teach us, Lord. Teach us to walk with you so that counsel and wisdom and self-control could rest upon us, Lord. You have the power, Lord. You have the ability. You have the might. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.